I am also glad to be here. Uh, what can I say? Uh, this was not an anticipated trip. Uh, I promised Brother Montezaire uh, in New Jersey to visit him forever. And uh, he sent an invitation letter that he's having a meeting. And so I um, decided to come to New York, visit him in his day service yesterday, go to uh, Westbury last night, and then I'm here today, and then I'm gone back tomorrow. I'm a home person. I love to be home all the time. Uh, there was a time I used to love to travel and travel a few times around the world. One time I made a trip completely around the world and got back. Um, so it's going to be in Elmont. And I was telling the church in Westbury, I think I was telling them last night that Paul made three missionary trips. Three missionary trips. Brother Singh has made hundreds. So I'm greater than Paul? No, I'm lacking. So I have to compensate to fill the gap. And um, I'm a strong believer in the Bible. I remember uh, my teacher, Brother Goodwin, he went to Africa uh, two times or three times. And the work in Africa got ignited and started. He went to India about two or three times, and that's it. But those of us that are left behind, we got to go all the time. And um, <laughs> I'm a critic. I have here, I was showing Brother Martin my notes, and all I had was apology with good intent. And I forgot even to apologize. So I want to apologize today if I say anything that disrupt your life. I'm not really sorry, but I apologize for hurting your, you know, rotten spirit or anything like that. But, um... I sometimes might say things that seemingly contradict my fellow ministers. It's not my intention to contradict people. But um, all my life I get up and say things and I have never yet had the reason to get up and say, well, I was wrong on that concept. So far, God has helped me. I'm never, ever wrong on a concept. <coughs> Uh, people might not agree with me, but down the road, they will. And so, I'm not really a good pastor. You see, are you listening to me here today? I'm not really a good pastor. I feel that God has called me to be more of a prophetic ministry. When I say prophetic, it's not I'm telling the future, but I'm also telling the future. But, um, you know, when Israel... Where there, the, the prophets never really lived in, in the city. And occasionally you would look and see a prophet coming. Hey, who's that coming? It looks like Jeremiah. Oh my God, why is he coming? He's coming to have convention. Y'all make sure you got some food cooked and some good restaurants. The prop, no, no, no. When they see a prophet coming, they got to make sure that their lives are right. Amen. 
Because he is coming to give a message to expose hypocrisy and expose weaknesses. And so I feel one of my jobs is to help people to see the light, to see your lack of competence, to see how you can improve yourself. And so these are all important things and, and so we, we need to understand these things. Now, I sometimes do strange things when I get up, and uh, today might one of those days I might do a strange thing. Did I ever ask the man to play a song for me? Did I ever ask the music department to play a song for me? Can you sing? Okay. I want us to sing Jesus, Alleluia. You got that? Can we do that? Can we all sing Jesus, Alleluia? Now, now listen to me carefully. I want you, when you sing this song, don't open your eyes and watch around. Close your eyes, open your heart, and let that be a praise to the Lord. Because if by the time I'm starting to talk to you, if your minds are carnal, you wouldn't get a single thing of what I say. But if your mind starts to tap into the spirit, and that's another thing by itself, because um, <laughs> a lot of times I go to a meeting and I think they got more flesh than they got the spirit. I remember one time I was in Florida and the pastor, he said, Brother Singh, Brother Singh, you sure the Lord is using that sister? And I looked at her and I think she's possessed with the devil. Because we used to cast demons out of people that speak in tongues. Not everybody speaking in tongues has the Holy Ghost. Some people speak in tongues on the influence of the devil. I got a sister in my church right now that years ago in Guyana, I was not in tongue and she got filled with the Holy Ghost, they told me. And when I came back from Georgetown back into Burbies, um, here, I'm, I, there's a prayer meeting before church started and I'm hearing Blub, yap, 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 Holy Ghost speaking. So I told Brother Arnold at that time, Sister Alvina, I said, is, who's that speaking in tongues? He said, oh, she got the Holy Ghost when you were out of tongue. That's dangerous when a pastor is out of tongue and somebody got the Holy Ghost. They got the ghost, but not the Holy Ghost. And so I said, oh, no, brother, she ain't got the Holy Ghost. Can't you hear that's a different, you know, trend of it? And so we, we went over there while the prayer meeting was still going, cast out the devil, and she stopped speaking in tongues. I was telling someone, I, I told you I do strange things, right? I'm telling Brother Richard that uh, when we went to Canada, uh, Brother Sam and I, Sam is my brother, and um, I said, you know, Brother Sam, let's go visit some charismatic church tonight. And so we went to this big charismatic church and it was a prayer meeting and they were all praying up in front. The sisters were all there and they had like 15 to 20 pews empty uh, because everybody was in front. And I was standing at the back, Brother Sam and I, and I said, you know, let's respect the people and close our eyes. And so I closed my eyes and I'm there standing, Brother Sam is next to me. And next thing I know, Somebody's hand is on my head. 
and he's speaking in tongues. I open my hands, see it was the pastor. He lay hands on my head. And I don't know, but something tell me to grab his hand. <laughs> so I grabbed his hand and I pulled it down. And his eyes open up, tongues shall cease. You know, the scripture said tongues shall cease. Well, tongues shall cease. I said, don't you ever do that again. And he calmly walked away. Well, see, I wouldn't let that happen to me. I, I would not let some idiot come and lay hands on me and, and speak in tongues and try to do that on me. So a lot of times we go to a service and there's a lot of flesh. And uh, the brother told me, he says, you see that sister in Florida? He said she got a Holy Ghost. I couldn't tell him anything. And then the next thing I know, she's sitting there laughing in the spirit. You ever heard laughing in the spirit? <laughs> uh, if I had, if it was my church, she wouldn't last five minutes. I'll tell the brothers, come, let's go cast the devil out of that woman or the flesh. See, the devil or the flesh. And so, uh, that was another occasion. And there are many more occasions like that. And so, it is important when we come to church for every one of us to have our minds on God. Guess who was the first person in church today? Make a guess. Me. Because I said, oh shoot, I'm running late. It's um, already 20 past uh, 10 and I'm running late for church because I'm in my church one hour before. And by before I get there, Brother Sinbad and Sister Pam and Brother, Brother Joe McCormick and Brother Terry and all of these folks are there getting their church ready. So when the pastor shows up, things are ready. And these days are not so bad. When we got the Guyana church, everybody's there one hour before dressed and all set ready for church. But sometimes we get crowded. Jesus spoke a parable. I'm going to get that song in a minute. Jesus spoke a parable. And he said, a sower went out to sow. And when he sowed the seed, some fell on the wayside. You know, you see somebody sitting in church and you're preaching and they're like this. What did I say? Huh? 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 Well, that's a wayside. That's somebody that it's like the wayside sits. See, just go there and the devil comes snatch it. They can't even remember when church is over what was preached. And some fell among thorns. Um, let's see, I just want to get this right. Some fell on stony ground. Second set. Fell on stony ground. A stony ground is a congregation that did not get themselves prepared for that service. And so when you're not prepared for that service, you come in carnal. Everybody say carnal. carnal. You come in carnal, your mind is all thinking about food and roti and rice and all that kind of stuff. And you come in, you can't touch God. So when we start to say we're touching God, you got to fake it. Amen. I had a brother saw me the other day. Um, he came and visited me in Canada. Very good man, I like him. I like, I like people, I just like people. I like Hindus, Muslims, everybody. I just love people. Um, 
It's not that I go to a Hindu temple or Muslim mosque, but I just love people. And he came and he wants to embrace me. So he hugged me and he starts to tremble. And as far as he's concerned, he's letting me feel he has a spirit. And as far as I'm concerned, the man is full of the flesh. Right? But he's, I'm too kind to tell him. And he's such a good man. I don't want to tell him. But he got to give up. Give that carnal thing up. For God to help him in life. And that's how it is. And so some fell on the wayside. Some fell on stony ground. That is, you didn't pray today. You run to church and you think God is just going to touch you because you sing some choruses. If you did not pray, if you didn't have your mind set, if the <coughs> soil is not prepared and the rocks are eliminated, you might get excited when the preacher preach and you might say, I got the word. But if the heart is stony, it will grow up for a little. You get excited by the first resurrection or something else like that. And before it's all over, the sun come and scorch the word because it doesn't have root. You know, um, I was telling Brother Richard, I said yesterday, uh, I told think Brother, no, I told Brother Antoine uh, last night. I said, you know, there was one time we had a meeting. And when we had this meeting, I heard that two people in the band were not living right just before the meeting and so the meeting was going on and the band was playing and we had ministers from the all over coming to be with us and um they the biggest sinner in the band got up to sing and he sang a song and all the ministers get blessed they don't know him i know him and he blessed all the ministers. And I said, what a way to go. So when the meeting was over, guess what I did? Fired the band. I said, I want everybody in this band off the platform, sit in the congregation. Aren't you glad I'm not your pastor? <laughs> so I fired the band. The old band sat in the congregation because David, when he played on a harp, the Lord is my shepherd, I not want, not the Lord is my shepherd, I not want, not. The Lord is my shepherd, I not want. Demons left King Saul. Amen. See, when you're spiritual, and there's spiritual music, demonic interference, disperses uh, the spirit of God has room to grow and plant the seed of the word of God in your life and so when we hear about the soil that is has stony soil uh, there's stony ground uh, the word of God will try to grow but the first persecution or opposition or something carnal happens it withers and it dries up the third type of soil, and you all know this thing, I'm just reminding you. And if you think you know it, you don't really know it. Because I'm not talking about knowing it. I'm talking about knowing it. 
You can memorize his whole Bible and still be full of the devil. You can know all the doctrines correct and still the devil uses you. I'm talking about connecting with God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. Genuine spirit, not the flesh. The moment the flesh comes in, we got problems. And so the third type of soil is the kind of soil that exists today. Soil that fell among thorns. When the cares of this world, the, the concept of wanting to get rich and make yourself happy and the things of this world come and crowd your mind and crowd your spirit. When the, the word of God falls among thorns, no matter how great the preaching is. See, Jesus was the greatest preacher. He was the greatest preacher that ever walked on this earth, but he could not even do miracles in Capernaum because the people did not believe in him. He was the man that out of his mouth came the word of life, but the people were blind and they could not accept him and they killed him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. And that is why he said, woe unto you when all men speak good of you. Because when they speak good of you, remember they did the same to Hymenaeus and Philetus. And they did the same to Hananiah and Shemiah and all the false prophets in the Old Testament. That's what they did. We love you. You know why they love you? Because you compromise with their sin and their hypocrisy. And so... Stony ground, uh, a thorny ground, sorry, is when the world, the cares of this world. And that is why this assembly need to improve its church attendance and the way you come to church. You need to make Sunday the day of the Lord, not your day. Sunday is the day of the Lord. Oh, by the way, today's Brother Richard's birthday. Happy birthday, Brother Richard. <laughs> You look younger than last year. I saw you last year. That's a distraction. See, that's a distraction. I just distracted you for a little bit there. But um, when the cares of this world crowd you up, you see, when Sunday comes, you got to think, today is the Lord's day. I get up early. I don't sleep late. I get up early and I pray. And I get my mind, I don't think about what I'm going to eat. I think about how God is going to bless me today. Amen. And I'm going to go to church. And if I'm a band member, I need to pray. Because you either bring the spirit in or you bring the flesh in. When you come and sit there, you can sing all the songs you want. But if they, the, the sincerity and the genuine spirit is not there... We'd get into trouble. And I can't even tell you my experience yesterday. But I almost got driven nuts. Going to church. Amen. I, almost, I almost got driven nuts. But Richard says, I'm having a headache. 
And, and uh, you want to help people, but some people you can help and some people you can't help. And you know, you don't have drums here. I do. I have burgundy drums. You know, burgundy was my favorite color. That's why I like your carpet. Burgundy was my favorite. I said was, but I saying, how are you changing? <laughs> Slowly I'm changing. I told Brother Richard, I don't like burgundy as much anymore. Even though my whole church is carpeted burgundy and everything around is burgundy. The chairs are burgundy and all that kind of stuff. But um, when I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about God and I'm thinking about everything. I've got a burgundy drum set. It took me five years when they said they wanted a drum set in the band. It took me five years to decide I'm going to buy a drum. And so I bought a drum set, and I'm not getting rid of it because it looks nice. Who plays it? Nobody. Nobody. Because I told the brothers playing, I said, if you get behind that drum and you're an idiot, you and the drum out the door. So right now we don't have anyone playing the drum, but it looks nice. And we've got a band, and I tell them over and over again, I'll never tell you what I'm not telling my own local church. Pray before you play. Pray that God will touch the songs you sing. That it'll be a challenge to the people and lift their spirit. And bring them up to that level so that when the word of God goes forth, their soil is prepared. You see, a good worship takes away the stones, Amen. takes away the wayside soil. And so stony, uh, thorny ground is the age we're living in. Too many things. Isn't this year running fast? Amen. Isn't this year? I did not even have time to sit down on my willow. I wonder where, what's wrong? And then, I can't tell you a personal story, but this morning somebody upset me really because... I love gardening. I love plants. I love, um, I love, you know, like whatever. I love nature. And I'd love to sit there, listen to a tape while I'm doing things. I, I do that, listen to tapes while I take every dead flower, every dead bloom off a millions basket. You know what's a millions? I love millions. Well, of course, it's not dollars. It's just flowers. It's called millions because there's a lot of little, little flower all over. And I removed the dead ones. And somebody says, how come your flower always look fresh? Because there's a way to keep it. You got to kill, take the dead ones out from the stem. And I put a tape on and slowly clip flowers. Brother saying, you need to preach the gospel. I am doing the gospel. See, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have a New Testament. 2,000 years ago, they had men like me. That got up and spoke. And what they spoke became gospel. Right. And today I'm telling you what we need to hear in this church. That tomorrow will enhance our service and dedication to God. Well, you know, Brother Singh. Our leaders in the past did it different. Listen. Are they alive? No. No. Then don't follow them. Follow their ways which be in Christ, but don't follow them. I can't follow Moses. I can't follow David. I can't follow Abraham. I can't follow any of these men. And then coming close to my home, I was one of the most dedicated disciples of Brother Goodwin, Lloyd Goodwin. 
As a matter of fact, I was the most dedicated follower. But am I following him today? No, he's gone. I let the Holy Spirit touch my life and guide me. And when I listen to living men, I want to find out if they have life to give me because I need life. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I've not even introduced myself yet. And here I am. So thorny ground, this cares of this world cluster your life. So when you wake up next Sunday, consider it as the day of the Lord. Get up. I changed that. Can I change that? Okay. Get your lazy self up early. And think today is the day of the Lord. Set the alarm to wake you up at five or something like that. You know, that's a little too early, right? Mm -hmm. I wake up without an alarm at 2.30 and 3.30 and 4. Because they said, they that seek me early shall find me. They that get up late ain't finding nothing. And so it's a busy world, but today is the day of the Lord. I hope when I come the next time, if I come... I wouldn't be the first one coming to church. 20 minutes after 10 when church starts at 11. I hope we can have brothers that will get up early and come here to make sure things are set. That when your pastor comes, he's not coming to, who opened the door for me this morning? He saw me leaving and he says, I might as well come. And your pastor opened the door this morning. That's embarrassing. But he's saying, you maybe got a better church. You know, a lot of times I opened it too. But I've got men that are there, a few men that live at the church, and they would get things open up and organized. And the cares of this world can crowd your life, that it hinders your connection with God. Amen. It hinders your worship. And somebody says, well, you know, Brother saying, we're the body of Christ. Who told you that? Do you know the Baptists say the same thing? What do you think the Baptists think they are? You all tell me. The body of Christ. What do you think the Seventh-day Adventists think they are? The body of Christ. What do you think the Assemblies of God think they are? The body of Christ. Everybody thinks they're the body of Christ. But what my concern is, does Christ think that? You see, saying you are... And living contrary to what is demanded disqualifies you. So are we the body of Christ? Only God knows. I hope to God. And so I'm talking to you today. My Bible is closed. But I'm talking to you based on the scriptures that we have been planted, that has been planted in our lives over the years. Amen. Singing, worshiping, Talking is all wonderful, but living the life is more important than the talk. In prison, when I visited prisoners in the prison, they used to have a prison terminology. You walk the walk, not talk the talk. And a lot of times we can talk and we can be carried away with religion. So everybody say they're the body of Christ. But we... Can we be the body of Christ today and not the body of Christ tomorrow? 
Can I hear you? No. Yes. Every church that God started went into apostasy. The church of Jerusalem went to hell. The churches of Galatia went to hell. The church at Corinth went to hell. The church at Thessalonica went to hell. Elmont, it is not impossible that this church goes to hell while we all are singing. Amen. I'm going to be in the first resurrection. Because if God can't minister a change in our lives and connect with our spirit, we will sit here and be lost. Amen. This is an evil city. Just like Toronto is an evil city. And because the city is evil, what will save a city is a remnant living in that city. But if the remnant fails to maintain the, the, the position with God and the connection with God, then that city could receive a destruction. If my city that I live in gets flooded by earthquake or some tsunami or something, I would know that God has left us. I believe Mississauga and the region I live in is safe because I'm there. And I believe if we have salt and there's 10 righteous in this community, Elmond would be spared from destruction. Indeed. I believe, I say I believe God. Do you believe God? We sing a song, I believe God, I believe God. And 90% of the people that sing that don't believe God. See, to believe God means I trust him more than I trust the doctor. To believe God means I trust him more than the politician. To believe God means I believe that he, his word has priority in my life. And he is able to deliver me. And so back to the thorny ground. The thorny ground is there and, and it could be solved if we come on in. And God is giving us that chance to come on in and get ourselves ready. And brothers, come early and get the place ready. Sisters, come on in. Don't rush the last moment. If you're rushing in the last moment and you're busy, busy, busy rushing in, you can't touch God. You heard me? I said, you can't touch God. Running in last moment. No. Uh, when you do that, you're accustomed doing that to the job. Do that to the job on Monday. Don't do that to the church on a Sunday. Have respect for the church more than you have respect for your secular job. If not, you're in idolatry. Brother saying, I don't worship idols. Yes, you do. If your job takes more demands and more respect and you want to do that meticulously more than you want to serve God in the church and put your church in priority, you're in idolatry. Indeed. What time you finish church? 12.30, okay. I got, I'm looking at the time. I can put a message in five minutes. You see, I can go around a long story and tell you, pay your tithes, the history of tithes, the origin of tithes, the, um, all that kind of stuff. Where I tell you, pay your tithes. How difficult is that? I can tell you the origin of love and how many love they have, agape, filio, eros, and all that kind of stuff. Or I can tell you, do you know how to love? 
Love, don't hate. How difficult is that? In five minutes, I can tell you, if you have the right attitude, what you need to understand. And so thorny ground, we need, this is the age where thorns are infesting the church and infesting the lives of the people. And you know, if you have, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I never wanted to be on Facebook, but my brother came and told me, he says, you know, some of the young people have got half-naked pictures on Facebook on their page. So I got up in the pulpit and I said, if you all don't clean your act, I will get in there and I'll deal with you. So two weeks after, they didn't clean their act. So I got in and I started Facebook. And then I discovered we could have Facebook and we could spread the gospel. And so I turned it around and use it to my advantage and that's where we had faith book coming in and it's full of a lot of things you know like that i can preach ever so often i want to find out if any one of my old friends in in pentecost is going to follow me and i put a flower and then they all like 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 so i know they listen to the message too because i catch them with a carnal thing and then i delete that and i put the word of god We've got over 400 messages online since COVID-19 started online that people could access on Spotify. Over 400 messages. As a matter of fact, I went online this morning, punched in Elmont, and Spotify showed me Saturday night and Sunday service last year when I was here. It brought it up and it showed me. But if in the morning I get up and before I even say good morning, Lord, I'm into Facebook. What in God's name is wrong with you? Amen. Talk to God rather than get carried away with the electronics. You know, I'm praying to God the day would come and there's a big solar flare and all the phones shut down and all the electronics shut down and your job shut down and the money market shut down and everything. It's going to happen. The Bible says there is going to be a financial collapse in the world. That is why I support the church. That is why I must have a connection with God. And so when you're there, you know... There's so much a subtlety of the devil. You watch me so serious, I don't want to preach no more. <laughs> There's such a subtlety of the devil that somebody would come and they want to listen to Brother Richard today and they want to listen to some other brother tomorrow and they, want to, they go on Facebook and fornicate. Spiritual fornication is you fish around. You know like a bee? Flower to flower to flower to flower. Listen. I know where God has brought me from and where I am today. And I don't give two hoots about what the Assemblies of God does and what anyone else is doing. I'm still a part of this, even though I question the body of Christ's name every day. It is necessary for me to examine myself every day and to preach to my assembly and let them examine themselves and make sure we're not falling into apostasy like the church did 2,000 years ago. And so we got to prepare so we can become good ground for type of soil. Amen. The good ground is that wonderful place that received the word of God. You know, I preached a lesson and I added to the scripture. 
Brother Singh, thou shalt not add. Some Jehovah's Witness came one time. And I was saying something and they said, the Bible says you can't add nor take away. I said, you got to be kidding. And they there with their New World Translation, they didn't know I had one too. I had two copies. And as they said, you, you can't add. I said, are you perverting scripture? Because it says you can add to the law in the Old Testament. And Revelation says, don't add to the prophecy of this book. Why are you trying to misquote a scripture to me? And the Jehovah's Witness, they didn't like me in the left. I'm nice to Jehovah's Witness too. And um, I preached a lesson and I added the fifth soil. The fifth soil is the worst of all the soils. The fifth soil is worse than the wayside. It's worse than the stony. And it's worse than the thorny ground. Because the fifth soil is the soil absent from church. When you miss church, the soil is home. You can't even get carnal message. You can't even sing in the flesh because you're home. And the fifth soil is the greatest subtlety of the devil because if you're staying home and you don't really care what's going on, absentism is one of the worst things can happen to an assembly. And when all of that happens, then the fifth, then the good ground, uh, you can get your soil prepared. So here's a question for you. Don't answer me. Are you good ground today? Is your soil ready? Is your, are you wayside, uh, stony ground, thorny ground, or good ground? So we're going to sing a song. We have 15 minutes more before I finish talking to you. But we're going to sing that song. Jesus. You know, hallelujah is the highest note of praise. And I want us all to close our eyes. And all stand and we'll sing that song to the Lord. Amen. And close your mind and close your eyes and they won't let carnal things come on in. And let's sing it as unto the Lord. Amen.
yes, Lord. Lord Jesus, touch our lives today. Touch our minds today. Touch our spirits today, Lord. Increase our love, increase our dedication. Help us to trust you and to love you, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, praise your name. Thank you for being such a wonderful Savior. Blessed is your name forever. Praise God. Let's all be seated. What Richard was telling us today, he started by talking, uh, quoting a scripture from Isaiah, uh, Psalms 51, where David said he was shapen in iniquity and in sin, did his mother conceive him? And, you know, you can read beautiful psalms and make yourself happy. You can read the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And you can get a promise box, so you pull out all these good psalms. Well, praise the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. Simple, simple song. Is he your shepherd? Well, you got to be his sheep. And it means you have to follow him. That is why we have Revelation 14. These are they that follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. If the Lord is your shepherd, a simple thing like that, then you've got to be a sheep. You might be a rebellious sheep that wanders off, doing your own thing, or you can be a sheep that prays about everything you do. I'm about to make a major decision, Lord, can you help me? That's why we pray. We pray for guidance. We pray for help. And like how every other church was affected in the past, this assembly could be affected, my assembly could be affected, 
And I see this happen to churches after a while. We have spiritual burnout Indeed. in that we want, uh, we're not accustomed. You see the Bible says, Paul says to them who by patient Continue. continuance. Indeed. I'm serving God today. I've been serving God since I was 12 years old. I've been full-time in the ministry since I was 18 years old. Today, I'm 74 years old. I told Brother Martin I'm shooting for 90. God, I look old. Can you imagine me look like a prune? But I'm shooting for 90. And if I fall short, that's fine. But I look at this Bible and it's real. Abraham was a wonderful man. Noah was a wonderful man. But they're all gone. Sure. Isaiah was a wonderful prophet. But they killed him, you know, he's gone. Jeremiah, gone. All the minor prophets, gone. Coming down to the New Testament, a great man like the Apostle Paul, gone. I met a great man in 1975, Lloyd Goodwin, gone. We're not here forever. Don't boast yourself up and think you're some great person. You'll be dead and gone. Somebody said, Brother Singh, you need to leave a legacy. No, I need to leave some people that are saved. True. And I was telling Brother Richard, what's the number I gave yesterday? If I can put two people in the bride of Christ, I'm accomplished. You know, we say we're going to be in bride, but you know, I don't know why we lie every time we get up in the pulpit. To be in the bride of Christ, it means in your mouth is found no guile you're without fault you don't follow you're not defiled with apostate christianity i talked to the church yesterday and told them paul took 35 years to come from being a pharisee for god to take the pharisee out of him today our ministers won the pharisee back Paul was a Bible school graduate on the Gamaliel. Now, he took for 35 years to get all of that gunk out of him. Today, our ministers love to get the gunk back. May God help us. And so, when Brother Richard was talking about David here, he said, David said about God washing him, you know, and all of that. But he says, behold, verse 5, I was sheepened in iniquity. Two things. Sin and iniquity. Two major obstacles that will hinder every child of God. Two things. One is sin and one is iniquity. Jesus was wounded for our sin and he was bruised for our iniquity. So it's okay. Somebody says, well, you got to get rid of sin. No, no, no. I'm a little bit more specific. Are you a liar? Stop lying. Amen. Are you a thief? Stop stealing. 
Are you a fornicator? Stop fornicating. You see, not saying, don't say sin. Identify the sin. It's too general. Sin, sin, sin. No. What sin? Did you rob somebody? And there are sins of the heart. Do you know, Brother Glenn? Sins that nobody would see. Because I come dressed up really nice. Good old boy. Mama loves me. But this mind undresses women. So I don't want to commit fornication. Yes, in my mind I do it. Sin. Our minds must be cleansed. Our hearts must be cleansed. Our lives must be cleansed. And sin must be identified. So don't tell the Lord, forgive me of my sin. Tell him which sin to forgive you of. You understand what I'm talking about here today? Amen. And then when you finish with sin, the more subtle of this, and, and Jesus, Brother Richard, told us that many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, and he, Jesus would say, you saying, Lord, Lord. He says, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Jesus died to save us from sin and iniquity. Well, I'll tell you what a little bit I think iniquity is. I'm going to speculate. I think iniquity is any man-made system that is brought into the church. If the music we play is full of the flesh and is not ordained by God, is iniquity. Is our methods of preaching is full of man's wisdom and man's carnal way, it's iniquity. If we got all kinds of things we're introducing into the church, iniquity. And Jesus said, iniquity shall abound. And when that happened, genuine love wax cold. So as an individual, you need to ask God, help me to only do what you want me to do, Lord. See, we can't avoid the doctors today because they're important. We have to deal with the bank, we have to deal with the doctor, we have to deal with the employer, we have to deal with all kinds of things in our lives. But the highest person in my life should be God. See, if God says I should go a certain way, then I must believe him. And I don't care what the doctors say or whoever say what. I must believe God. Amen? Amen. I must believe God. And so in a day when iniquity is abounding and the love of many is, tend is trending to, tending to wax cold, I must ask the Lord, Jesus, you died. To save me from sin and iniquity. And that is what Brother Richard was talking when Isaiah came. The people were laden with iniquity while they were doing all the mechanics of religion. And I look at the fellowship and I look at the churches and I look at all these things and I get sick to my heart that sometimes I don't even feel, Brother Richard, maybe I'm the bad guy. Sometimes I feel I don't even want to go to a meeting. Because when I go to a meeting and everybody's carrying on and laying down on the floor, that's where I'm coming from, man. We used to do that back there. I, when I went to Guyana, 
First service I went into in Julie's house. I'm standing there and everybody's collapsing because the preacher who was there before I went, he had revival and he tell him you gotta slay in the spirits. Everybody's collapsing. So I walked over to one sister, good old sister, I love her still. Uh, she's still around and she's going like this. She's gonna fall, she's gonna sleep. I walk over, I said, you don't, you don't even think about getting slain. And she went like this. I said, you're not gonna slay. And I stood up that day, Sister Joyce, I don't know if you can remember it. I stood up that day and says, nobody from this time, I don't want anyone in this church to get slain. That's where I'm coming from. The Lord brought me into this fellowship, bring me from, from that junk. Then to see the junk coming on in, taking over our lives again, I can't stand it. I hate iniquity in my life, and I hate iniquity in the work of God. You all pray for me, that God would help me to maintain my spiritual sanity. I'm done talking, but you see, this is important that we understand these things. Two things, sin, not general sin, identifiable sin, and iniquity and pinpoint what did they do in the early church? Are we doing the same thing? Are we introduced our own thing? Well, you know, this is a part of what was passed on to us. I don't care what was passed on to us. There coming a time when we'll see our fathers have inherited lies and things wherein there's no benefit. My ancestors used to eat raw meat and ride on donkeys. I don't like raw meat. I don't even need barbecue. I'm one of those peculiar guys. I don't, my family, I said, they barbecue today, I said. Have fun. Chandri cooked my steak on the stove. I don't like barbecue. To me, it's barbaric. 21st, 21st century, barbaric behavior. That's what I think. Don't follow me. That's not a Christian thing. There's no scripture that says, thou shall not barbecue. <laughs> so that's okay. You can eat your junk. Especially when the neighbors have dogs and stuff like that and the flies come on your barbecue, you enjoy it. Not me. So my family knows if they're having a barbecue, they can do that and have fun, but she do my steak in the house. And boil my corn, don't roast it. Boil it and give me, it's junk anyways, but boil it and give me some nice steamed vegetables. It's nice talking to you today. If you thought I'd get up here and fire up and shout and scream, sorry to disappoint you. I wrote down some scriptures while Brother Richard was talking and I haven't used a single one. But when Paul writes to the churches of Galatia, he said in chapter three, he says, you'd have begun in the spirit. How come you're ending up in the flesh? Let's not end up in the flesh. Let's get back into maintaining the spirit. Can I pray with you all?
Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for the privilege you have given to me that I can talk to this wonderful congregation. Lord, we have an enemy that is transformed into an angel of light. There's such a hard way to, dis to decipher what's light and what's darkness, what's good and what's evil, what's God and what's the flesh. Father, what's the spirit and what's the flesh, what's God and what's the devil. Please help us. Amen. Except you build the house, Father. We labor in vain to build it. Please, oh God, we ask that you'll build the house. Save every child of God listening to me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.